Hello and welcome to another episode of the Team Alternative Podcast. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on all social media. So we recently saw the film, uh, the new Marvel film Eternals, and we have a lot to say about it. Um, first off, I I would like to talk about uh, it was or throw a little bit out there. Uh, it was directed by Chloe Zhao, who uh, directed Nomadland, and it was a very good cast um, that was comprised of people like uh, Angelina Jolie, uh, Selma Hayek, uh, Richard Madden. Richard Madden, yeah. Gemma Chan, Kit Harington, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. There's a there's a lot. I re- they're, they're they're actors whose faces I recognize significantly more than their than their names. It goes around a lot. Yeah. So, so we saw this um, fairly recently, and we have a lot to say about it. It's it's uh, based on a Marvel property by the same name, the Eternals, who are like cosmic beings uh, in the film. We're not giving this away because this is obviously a part of the plot. They're created by Celestials, who you may have remembered were mentioned numerous times in the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy film, the first one. First and second, I think. Yeah, I like, because like, the, cause the, fir- the first one, they do, the place unknown was like in the head of a Celestial. And then nowhere. This, it, yeah, nowhere. Then in the second film, they actually go a little more in depth with it. Yeah, so you find out a little bit more of the celestials. I thought the celestial didn't they mention in one of the movies that celestials were like extinct? I don't remember. I'd have to I don't know. I'd have to go back and watch them cuz I thought I could have sworn that they mentioned in a movie that they just weren't around or something. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Um so before we get to the spoiler filled review of it, we decided to uh, shockingly, to rank our favorite Eternals. This is a very original idea. No one's ever thought of it. I can guarantee it. Yeah, so what I thought is I would go through my 10 to 1, you know, 10 being le- least favorite, 1 being my favorite, and then Brian will say his corresponding oh, one. I'll just, yeah, we'll just go off of that. Because I don't have a, I don't have a, I don't have a good. He doesn't way have to a distinct do, list. I don't know how to put them like one to ten because I just, based on one movie and there's just not enough screen time to go around for ten different people. It's really difficult for me to get into the characters all that much. So, uh, but yeah, there are definitely more. Some stand out more than others. So, so my number ten was uh, Icarus, and we'll go into the explaining why in the spoiler part when we talk about. The story. Yeah, because... So this is just... We're going to name them off. We're not going to give any reasons as to why. So, 10 for me is Icarus. And he would be towards the bottom for me as well. Okay. Second to last is Fastos. I barely remember him. Uh, Sprite is the third. The least favorite third. The third least favorite, sorry. Um, Somewhere in the middle for me, I feel... It- could have been the character could have been executed a lot better. I like don't. Been... I, I also yeah. I agree with you, and I, I also want to put out there that this isn't that I don't like them. It was just ones that stood out to me. This uh, sprite I like. Uh, 
I guess you could say I'm more of a Mountain Dew guy. But um, um I'm leaving. <laughs> I I just think that that we'll we'll get to that part. We're, we'll get to that in the later part of it. Uh, Cersei is uh, the next one. I know she's the most, or she's like the main character or anything, but I have to be completely honest. I don't, we'll get to that. Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle for me. Somewhere in the middle. Kingo is the next one. I honestly think, now that I wrote this down, that Kingo and uh, Cersei could switch because uh, uh, we'll get to that. I, I like Kingo. I, I, I like Kingo I enjoyed a little the bit, character. but there's... I had a couple issues. Uh, Gilgamesh. I enjoyed also. I enjoyed Gilgamesh very much. Athena is my number four. Makari is my third. Ajak is my second. And Druig is my number one. I definitely like Druig's character quite a bit. Ajak, I'm not sure. Again... But I had to go into the plot to explain, but somewhere in the middle for me. But yes, I'm with you with Druig being one of my favorites. So that brings us to the point of no return. That was our topic pre-spoiler. So don't listen to this if you haven't seen it already. Or if you don't care and you like to live dangerously, then continue to listen. Um, so I gave you the warning. Uh, I can say this with absolute certainty that this is not very high on my marvel list at all no there's i have a handful of marvel films that i put at, at the bottom tier for movies i just straight up didn't really enjoy all that much uh, and which would include things like thor the dark world iron man 2 and 3 and captain marvel movies i have not gone back to watch a second time uh it, this is gonna go right down with it there was the going into it the consensus that was coming out was that they tried to do too much and did they tried to do too much, and it just didn't work. And in a way, I understand how it is. The problem with movies like this is it takes everything from the past, however long the series is, however we've been going, almost 15 years or something, and it makes it seem so small. And it's just like, okay. It, it kind of just takes away a lot to me from all the other characters and all the other movies we've had when you have these these the introduce these new characters that are just like oh yeah thousands of years old been here this entire time blah 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 celestials just with overwhelming power beyond anything that we've seen so far and it's like all right you're kind of taking a lot away from iron man and all that shit here um they've been doing that a lot lately they kind of did that with the loki series where because you know the whole thing they dumb things down yeah, well, just make things feel small because it's like, oh, the Infinity Stones were this thing, or were just this, uh, great power in the universe, and then the dudes just like got him laying around at his desk and shit. It's just like, all right, making yeah. it, making things feel pretty insignificant here all of a sudden. Yeah, that's one thing about the Loki series I didn't care for was they had like a million Infinity Stones, and it dumbed down. And I guess you could say like, oh, well, the Infinity Saga is over. And they don't technically exist in the in the world that we are following, you know, Earth One or yeah. whatever you want to call it. But it's it's really irritating that they did that because then it makes it sound like, in a way, it kind of dumbs down the movies a little bit for me, which is why I when I saw that I was kind of bummed out. But I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, 
But I kind I put it near the bottom. Now I do want to preface this by saying. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad movie. It's just, it was an entertaining movie. It's just there's things with some of these Marvel movies that I think they're they're almost getting in their own way. If that makes any sense. So the story follows the Eternals who uh, come to Earth like seven thousand years ago. And they're told not to interrupt with human history, except for when deviants are, inv uh, are involved, which you later find out in the movie that were also created by the Celestials, which should have been made obvious because the Celestials basically made life. Yeah, it's they like, met, where, they, do they, where do they come from they, if not from the Eternals kind of thing? They explain this in such a way that it was like, well, duh, because like you, as an Eternal, you created these things. like. Or not as an eternally created a celestial. A celestial, you created life, so it's not like these things are coming from somewhere. I I just thought it was kind of like insulting people's intelligence, maybe. And anyway, so you know they they're trying. These deviants show up after a long absence, and it's kind of strange. They're trying to get the the band back to together, I guess you could say, and then there's this plot switch almost of the there's a celestial inside of earth that needs to be born because the snap i guess because it because the the whole thing was there needed to be a certain number of people on earth for the well, celestial no, to, to do the emergence or whatever they called it and then the snap happened and took out half, half the population and but then, like the resurgence of all the energy from snapping everyone back into existence created the necessary energy no there's all those people back too yeah, so, like, it then turned into, you know, this in, internal conflict with the Eternals of, like, some of them are saying that this is the job that we have been asked to do, and... Others don't want to go through with it because, you know, they you know, lived they start, there for all that time. They lived there, they got attached, you know, some of them have relationships, families, yada, 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 and... Yeah. Just saying, it must be really hard to get attached to shit when you live 7,000 years and people die, you know, within, like, it, even, like, you know, through all those, like, how many people did they grow attached to and die through all those years? It must be impossible to feel that attached. But, you know, the movie doesn't really give a shit about that part. Yeah, so the the problem that I, that I had with it, among other things, is... Um, the celestial thing I'll, I'll overlook. I have to go back and think and look at that because I could have sworn there was a line about the celestials not being around or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm just thinking of nowhere and I think that, like, the, I don't know. They they were very coy about that and maybe I just didn't look too much into it and I just assume they're all dead. Yeah. But anyway, um, I did like how everyone had like their own ability. That was that was pretty cool. Um, I just didn't like this, the story of, or like Icarus turning on, not really turning, but he wants this plan to follow through and then Sprite who loves Icarus, who has always loved Icarus, I guess, um, follows him and like try to prevent the other Eternals from stopping the emergence, stopping the emergence. And then 
I see. I seem to have alerted my dog. Um, <laughs> and what happens is like there's this big battle, and Icarus, who's basically Superman, battles the other uh, Eternals, and then we lose a couple on the way. So we lose like Gilgamesh, um, Ajax, people like that. You find out Ajax dies because of Icarus. There's just you know there's just it's hard to have to care about all the there's there's there were too many characters to introduce and too much plot and I and that makes sense for the argument that people were complaining that there's they try to do too much in too little time and it again I agree because it's I can barely remember their names half the time because the movie's only so long and then they're just I don't I don't know it, it's just really difficult to explain. It's it's very confusing, and I just don't care for the story overall. I don't and like how the deviants all of a sudden took a back seat in the entire thing, and because there is just like this one deviant that can like absorb their abilities, and they're building him up, and then kind of then he come kind of comes in at the end, you know, for no particular to do what uh, to kill them, I guess. It just seemed like it was a plot line that they decided to abandon and then brought the guy back in real quick just to cover the plot hole and then off him. I thought yeah. that, I didn't think that the deviants very well. That was essentially the the gist of it. So overall the story could I think one thing that we both agree on the story that really pissed us off was there's a line that Cersei tells Kit Harrington's character Dane we're not supposed to interfere unless deviants are involved, and yet they interfere in literally the entire movie. Everything. Essentially everything. And then, like, everybody is going to turn around. I know some people are going to listen to this, and they're going to say, well, that's... They shaped our history and and us as a human race and stuff like that, and it's like... That's not the point. The point is, is that they're told not to do something, and they continuously did it. It was just... You would think that they would be more quiet about it you know yeah but it seemed like every single person around them all knew that they were eternals and this whole thing that was going on is just like you're not being very subtle about this and then for it for them to be so outspoken about it and for it to never come up at any point in any other movie prior it didn't really make sense yeah and it was and there was a gratuitous sex scene, which I did not understand at all. I think I saw like that was the first sex scene ever in a Marvel film, or and the... yeah, I just didn't understand why it was necessary. I don't. Th- well, I'm not really like a a sex scene guy. Like I don't think you really necessarily need it. I mean, there's so much that you can do to 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 show like attachment and stuff in films. I don't think you need a sex scene, especially in a superhero movie. Like nobody watches. Like a Superman movie and goes, oh, Lois Lane and Superman are not intimate because they just kiss and that's it. You know what I mean? They got in the bathtub that one time. <laughs> yeah. Almost flooded the entire apartment. Like, come on. <laughs> but, like, that kind of just irritated me. I thought that was kind of... I don't understand what the the creative... Um, I didn't understand why you needed that. And, like, Icarus turning on him, I'm not familiar to, with the the Eternals comic book uh, lore, but, like, it just, like, Icarus, after he gets defeated or something, flies in the sun. Did I remember that right? Yeah, he just flew into the sun. 
And does he die? I don't know. They like, didn't, you, do you, they didn't you... really explain that part. He kind of just decided, I can't hurt her, and then flies away into the sun. Um, and they, and then at a certain point, uh, what, didn't he leave for a, a good, for like hundreds of years or something that she was, that, uh, Cersei was saying like, oh yeah, we were together. And then he just kind of left and then came back. I don't think they ever explained where he went. Yeah. They never explained where he went. So nah. where'd he go? Like, did he probably flew into the fucking sun? He's hiding in the sun. Maybe he's he hiding. Go to like Detroit maybe, or something. Maybe he's low. hiding in this. If he was in Detroit, he, that would explain why he was so quick to be like, now nah, fuck this place. <laughs> So, yeah. I didn't. So, I didn't like the character at all either. Icarus, no, that's why I have him dead last. Yeah. I didn't like the. I didn't care for the turn, and like he was so. Like monotone, and like, blah. It was just there wasn't anything there. And then like, the reason why I have fast is so low is. I don't know. It's, it was hard for me. He had. Good moments. Was he the guy who uh, who invented all the stuff? Yeah. Okay. He had his moments, but for for like making a statement sake, I I just stuck with my guns. I didn't have them very high. Um, Sprite. Sprite, I don't have very high either. Um, she seemed to her character wanted didn't like being in kid form. Uh, that kind of confused me. I don't understand why an Eternal would be in kid form. Like, why would they be made that way? But I guess no, I don't know anything. I definitely understand why she's pissed off. Well, yeah, if she's a kid for seven thousand years. Yeah, so I, I'm not really sure what the I, the point of it, uh, the point of her being a child was, and so she's pissed off about it. I would totally understand being pissed off about having to be a kid for seven thousand years, while everyone else is a grown uh, is grown up. But that doesn't really get explained either. There's just a lot of why. Why can't Makari speak? I think they just made they wanted to have um, a character with a disability, I guess, which I thought was great because that's I I love uh, Lauren Ridloff, who's in, also in Walking Dead. Um, I loved her in this film. Like she was like the most human, almost out of everybody. Um. I, I thought it was cool. I, no, I, I like I like the character. The, I'm just kind of just like wondering what the because like if the Celestials made the Eternals to be this like these perfect beings to set up for the emergence over the course of all those years, it feels like what was the point of one of them not being able to speak that sound? That feels very uh, counterproductive to the well, to I mean, the to the mission. What it could could be is it could be. This celestial saying that not everything is going to be perfect, kind of deal. I don't think this movie was that deep. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe the writers, based on the way the story went, I don't know if they went that that far in. But if if it was, and that's fine. That that can I can make it work. It's just um, yeah, it wasn't a deterrent. It was just a curious plot point. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I'm questioning the logic of the Eternals, not the characters themselves. The char- the character was fine, one of the better characters. So, uh, yeah, so King, Kingo could have switched. Uh, the reason why I put him so low, um, was because when it gets to the point where they're going to save or attempt to save Earth and fight the Etern or f- fight the Celestial or whatever, 
Uh, he says no and doesn't, and, and he doesn't even heroically show up. He didn't just show up and be like, "Oh, I changed my mind." He just wasn't there. Yeah, true. And happen. I didn't like how that did like, happen. He, that did happen. Didn't at it? the end, he was like, "Hey, like, I'm, I'm." At the end, there, Cersei, him, and Sprite are talking and stuff like that. Like, it, I didn't understand it at all. Like, it, it didn't make any sense to me. So he's a, he's actively a coward. Like, there was no payoff to that at all. There was not a lot of payoffs for a lot of stuff. That's kind of the issue. The ending was kind of anticlimactic, almost. I mean, they did... They stopped the emergence of stuff, but I didn't I didn't like the way they closed the story itself. It's, Icarus just leaves, flies into the sun. The... What I forgot what the things are called. The other creatures. Deviants. Yeah, deviants. The deviants. I think they completely dropped the ball with that whole with that whole plot line. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just it's this wasn't it, this wasn't executed uh, properly. Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, next, I have Gilgamesh. Uh, he was interesting. He was funny. He had like super strength essentially. Um, I thought he was an interesting character, and he watched over Athena when she was having her kind of um, dementia, I guess you would call it. Yeah, kind of. Uh, I mean, it was almost... It's actually, it was almost kind of like the complete opposite. Yeah, she was like remembering times before her mind was wiped by the Celestials, so that was interesting. Um, so I like that about him. Athena is my number four. Um, she's like the greatest warrior in the history of Earth or whatnot because she's, you know, there's so many ancient stories or mythological people that are actually like, um, like taken from her or based on her and whatnot. Um, she was interesting. Makari was my number three because I. I, I loved how they had um, um, someone that, like, sign language, and I think she's just a great, like, she's a very infectious smile, and I love her. Um, and she's a great actress. So I just loved her overall. And, she, she you know, she stood up for what she believed in, and even though her super speed was only used actually a handful of times until the end, she, I th thought, kind of made the team more well-rounded in my opinion like she was like ajak who's my number two ajak being the leader and stuff like that having that female presence who's strong who's strong-willed and everything um like the other i think all the women are strong-willed and everything in this but they really stood out as i'm trying to think of what i'm, what I'm trying to say it was just i i thought they did a wonderful job, and I love their characters. And uh, it was sad to see Ajax die, especially how she died. It's kind of ice cold. Um, and, like, I don't know. I thought there was going to be more of, of them, but, I mean, I, I can live with it. Uh, Druig is my number one, and the reason why he's number one is I think uh, uh, Barry... Barry Co Crone. You uh, here's the name. You can figure out how to pronounce that. Barry Keog Keogan. 
Barry Kogan. Well, let's just say Barry Kogan. Um, he played Druig, who had like the ability to uh, control people's minds. And at several times, he attempts to use them in not-so-good ways. And then other times, he use, uh, uses them to his benefit. Um, it's, it adds because it's a very... He's a very complex character who has to deal with the sense of there's all these problems in the world that I could fix instantaneously, but he's forced not to. So when you have that ability, it, it, it almost feels like everything bad that's happening is happening because you didn't stop it because you have that ability to do so. And he's just tempted so many times. And when you're just your whole purpose is to not do so, it's... Uh, I'm sure it wears it men, uh, mentally at you, especially over the course of 7,000 years and just seeing all the shit that goes down. I think in terms of um, performances, though, Barry did the best job because any time that he spoke, it was very like phil philosophical. At the same time, he was tired of all the BS and stuff. And you think he, you think he's getting like offed at one point. And he comes back, and I, doesn't he come back and, like, knock Sprite out or something like that? Yeah. Like, he knocks him unconscious. Yes, yes, unconscious that's, that's stuff. The, yeah, because she was, yeah, that's what happened. Cause she's, she's monologuing, and, of course, that's the one when everybody knocks somebody out. Yeah, no one ever learns to stop monologuing and just get the job done. Um, yeah, so I I thought Barry did the best, best job um, in terms of performances. Not to say anyone did a bad job. Some characters it is written. It's better. just stand. It's just it was like a, more of a standout to me. Um, that's about it for the review. But um, if I had to say this is this isn't very high on my list. I don't I don't know how you felt, but I felt like watching the Guardians movies after this because. The cosmic stuff made me want to watch Guardians more than it made me want to. There might be more stuff in there that you kind of forget about that might come back and be like, oh, okay, there it goes. So now I think some things are starting to connect a little bit, but. Yeah, and then like the themes and stuff like that are ever present, you know, and like the histories and mythologies and stuff like that is interesting, but that doesn't make the plot holes or certain things that doesn't you get over them, I guess. No, and I don't really know... And how exactly are they... I don't really know where they're going with in terms of... Are they intending to mesh them in with the rest of the universe that's taken place so far? Yeah. Because oh. in the end credits, when uh, Star Fox shows up, the brother of Thor... Or not Thor, um, Thanos. When he shows up, at one point, I think Star Fox is an Avenger. Well, yes, it's so stuff like that I do not know because I never read the comic books. Yeah, so the Eternals could very well, some of them could very well be Avengers or help the Avengers and stuff like that. So, And then Kid, Kid uh, Harrington's character, I don't know a damn thing about Kid that. Kid Harrington's character, for those of you that are not comic book savvy, um... Uh, his character is actually going to be the Black Knight, who is a kind of an obscure comic book character 
who was more of a hero in the Middle Ages. And he had a ebony sword that became cursed. Now, this isn't Dane. This is actually his family, like, down the line. Like, his lineage or yeah. whatever. Gets an ebony sword. The ebony sword, after killing so many people, becomes cursed. And a black knight, later on, becomes a villain. Because of the sword kind of corrupts them. Which is why, when you're watching the post-credits thing, and he's trying to touch it, it's like kind of like trying to almost like reach out at him too because yeah. i remember it looked almost looked like the sword had hair and it kind of like stood up but kind of moved towards him if i remember it correctly uh i had to watch it again i'll have to rewatch it again too but so that's his story he's going to be the black knight so if you even google cast of eternals it says dane you know played by dane slash black knight kid harrington's whatever oh yeah how convenient that uh he was with cersei yeah, so I, I had a feeling that he was somebody because... You don't take an actor like that just to be this one-off secondary character that's not He only had story. five minutes of screen time. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a bigger part of the film. And when, he, when Cersei makes that line of like, hey, I want you to reach out to your uncle. I think it's time that you come to... I knew they put it in that at that point because they were like, oh, the world might be ending and you want to reconcile with people. But at the same time... He had mentioned earlier that his family lineage or something like that, or later in was the movie, like more complicated. Was more complicated. So I was like, even when that phone call happened, you know, before or after the other comment, I was like, he's got to be somebody I'm not thinking of. Yeah, and then you can do so because, like you said, he was like what uh, a middle ages kind of a thing, and yeah. they're there for seven thousand years, so they their timelines can cross just fine, and it's not out of place. Yeah. But I'm also interested in rewatching this movie for the Easter egg stuff, because at one point she gives him a ring with his family crest on it, and I'm wondering if anything was on that crest, on that ring. I don't even remember that scene. They were in like the bathroom or something. They were hiding in that bar, and then that's when they were having that talk where uh, he's like, "You're not a wizard, are you?" And she's like, "No." Oh, uh, yeah, I had to watch it again. So. Yeah, so that was interesting. And then the the voice you hear that's asking him, are you sure you want to do that, is definitely Blade. It's Mahershala Ali. We, we, can, we, can, we can confirm that. Because I think it's confirmed by, like, literally everybody anyway. Ah. Yeah, that's Blade. Which makes it curious as to why the Black Knight and Blade are going to know each other, but... The Blade aspect of the MCU has me all sorts of confused. So I look forward to that. Because um, if anyone's watched the original Blade movies, all of which are entertaining in their own right, how can you make vampire a vampire hunter an MCU um, staple, I guess? You know what I mean? Like, you've seen the Blade movies, right? No. Okay, well. <laughs> anybody that's listening to this if you've seen the blade movies it's kind of like how are you going to put that in like if you know of blade in the comic books it's like how does this going to work but i you know i often don't ask that about punisher too but there's a reason why they made punisher like a netflix thing um so uh the next we okay we talked about the star fox easter egg harry styles plays star fox 
and I think Patton Oswalt is... Um, yeah, I just Pip. Yep. Pip, which was pretty cool. So the Eternals split up, and they're you know some are going to go find other Eternals, and I guess coax them into not save, not doing what they're doing. Kind of, yeah. I guess that's their so they're just going to keep pissing the celestial celestials off. Yeah, good luck with that one. Yeah, and then the celestials like you stopped this from happening. Like you better hope that this was a good decision. I'm going to be back, and you better make up um, a good argument for why you saved them and stuff like that. Um. So that was interesting. So that was the Easter eggs in that movie. Uh, that is... Oh, and one last thing. Um, so at the end with the emergence and stuff, the dude is like starting to reach out. Is that, is that what I was seeing? Like he was starting to like crawl out yeah, of he the was earth? Trying to, he yeah. was like rising out of the earth. Yeah. I, I can't imagine the shit that went down on earth when that happened. That has to mess the, have messed up all kinds of shit. And I also wonder when things like that happen in these Marvel movies, why don't they mention it in, in extent in the next movie that comes out? Like is, when we watch Spider-Man, which is like a month away. Yeah, it comes out in December. So are they going to mention this at all? There's a Celestial's f- f- fucking forehead yeah, you're sticking having, out of the ocean. You're having Celestial going on and then you're going to have multiverse shit going on at the same time. Um, some weird shit's gonna go down, and like, like I said, what kind of environmental impacts does it have that some dude, giant ass dude, was reaching out of the core of the planet to the point where the Earth itself is not like completely fucked already? Yeah, and if you remember correctly, he froze. Yeah, and he's frozen. And I was like, at what point is he frozen? Is his whole body frozen? Because wouldn't that like, I got freeze one- the core and then end us? Like, I want one of those YouTube series where it's like, oh, a scientist reacts. I don't even know if that's a thing. I want to hear scientists say, hey, what if somebody asks, uh, what, if, what if this actually happened? And their answer has to be, oh, we, we all be dead. Like, the magnetic poles or something are totally effed up. Every volcano probably exploded. The core is now uh, no longer the core because, you know, the fucking dudes are crawling out, crawling out of it. Um millions, billions of people had would probably have been de- killed if that actually happened. I know, obviously, this is not realistic because it's a fucking comic book movie. But if there's just some dude that's just going to be frozen trying to crawl out of the ocean and that's just how it's going to stay and there's no impact uh, uh, otherwise whatsoever, kind of a plot hole. But long-term consequences and stuff like this, I guess not. Yeah, you got to wonder... I just wish that they would make references to it because I think it would be interesting. Yeah. Like Spider-Man, I don't know, watch a TV. Like, start Like, obviously, the next Spider-Man is going to start off with him on the run. But, like, you could even do a, a moment of wherever the... Whenever the Eternals takes place, you could have Peter, like, in front of the television, like, his jaw's dropping because there's a, a, a... Basically, what amounts to a space god poking out of the yeah. earth or maybe it'd be the kind of like with the uh, ant-man and the wasp where the whole movie happened and then at the end afterwards that's when yeah the snap happened like it'd be a cool after credits thing yeah with because because then you don't have to worry about it at all you could do the movie yeah and then connect it afterwards yeah because who knows what's going to go down in Spider-Man and all the multiverse shit that they've got going on. They Absolute could, madness they is what's going to happen. They can do literally whatever I they want. I have a feeling that these episodes are going to be like 20 minutes longer because I'm going to have to explain yeah. everything. Not to say that you're completely an idiot because I explain I just, all these I things. just don't read it. I just explain these things afterward or something. 
Um, oh, and speaking of insignificance, isn't Hawkeye coming out pretty soon? The show? Yeah. Yeah? Cool. What do you so, mean insignificance? You don't like Hawkeye? No, no, no. I love a Hawkeye, but I'm just saying, <laughs> multiverse shit going on over here, celestial shit going on here, my man with the, with the bow and arrow over here. Yeah, and it's like a it's, it's gonna, taking place during Christmas, so yeah, it's like a Christmas themed show. Everything going on there is probably going to feel pretty insignificant in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's kind of it's just weird. I'm hoping I'm hoping it's good though. I like Hawkeye. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be good. We haven't seen a bad one yet. I still think One Division was the best. I enjoyed One Division. The first it started. I mean, like everyone says, it started pretty slow. It started slow, but it had the most. I enjoyed Loki, but the most probably. And then, uh, what was it? Last one, Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I liked that one, but uh, there was a lot. Of, uh, it was, there was a lot of holes in that one. It, it was meh. I liked the other two a lot. There were so many holes, and Falcon, Winter Soldier just bummed me the hell out. Like, you keep talking about this broker guy, and then you just don't show him. Like, <laughs> what the hell? If the broker thing is not explained in... in Anthony Mackie's uh, Captain America 4 film, I am going to flip out. Like, you need to... Even if it's just a name drop. Like, oh, the broker was... Um, um, you know, some other random comic book character. Or, you know, you you have to. Like, it just... I already completely forgot about the whole plot of that, of that show. Yeah, but the... Yeah, anyway, so that's... We'll get into that. We just need to have like a Marvel show episode where we watch them all and then and then talk about them. There, there's, there's, uh, there's content to be had there. Yes. So anyway, that does it for our review of the Eternals. We didn't think it was that great. We didn't think it was that bad. But it's not very high on the list. But it's still entertaining. It's just not something we're going out of our way to see again. And it was just very confusing. So that about does it for our review. Thank you for hanging out. And we hope you enjoy this episode. And that about does it for another episode of the Team Alternative Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode. And if you liked it, don't forget to hit the subscribe or the like button. If you've already done so, be sure to check out our other content on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, we haven't really done anything on the TikTok and Twitter. Thanks as always and stay tuned.